Well, hi there, and welcome to the Jeff MacArthur Podcast for this Tuesday, September 29th. Coming up, we talk to Dr. Ann Collins, president of the Canadian Medical Association, about COVID-19 rapid testing and worries over access to PPE and the flu vaccine. We'll also talk about Quebec closing restaurants for 28 days and should Ontario follow suit. And we also talked about the booming real estate market here in Toronto despite the pandemic. All of that coming up right now. Quebec announcing that they will close restaurants, bars, movie theaters for 28 days starting Thursday as COVID numbers spike in Montreal and Quebec City. Paul Bogner is the president and COO of Sir Corp, the parent company of restaurants such as Jack Astor's, Canyon Creek, among others. And he joins us now here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Paul, good afternoon. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, first off, uh, is Sir Corp, are you supportive of this move by the Quebec government, or do you think that restaurants are being unfairly targeted here? Yeah, I would tell you, you know, we're disappointed. We, uh, we don't believe that all restaurants uh, should be tarred with the same brush. And, and unfortunately, um, this is a situation where, where um, the government's made a decision. Um, I, I struggle a little bit that you can still have your nails done, you can still have your hair done, you can still go for, you know, a facial, uh, and yet you can't go into a restaurant that uh, that has spent a lot of time and money on social proper social distancing and safety procedures. So it's a few bad apples here that's given everybody a bad name, you believe? I, I do. I, I believe, you know, large social gatherings, uh, nightclubs, Maybe maybe some of the bars only, and and you know, like any uh, like any business, there's good and bad, and and I think there's a great number of of dining establishments that have taken great care, and I think there's there's a few that are very sloppy, and uh, and unfortunately, we're all going to suffer because of that. Yeah, how tough does that make it for uh, you know businesses, companies uh, such as yours with brands like Jack Astor's in uh, Canyon Creek? When you see some of these other, admittedly maybe smaller uh, restaurants flaunting the uh, rules, and here you are in the midst of a, a pandemic, the industry is suffering, and you're trying to gain public confidence. Yeah, I mean it, it's very disappointing. As I said, we we went through a great deal of of expense to ensure safety for our, our own team members and certainly our guests. Um, and, you know, that's plexiglass between booths. It's uh, safety protocols. We, we check every staff member that enters the building every day. Um, we, we track our guests. I mean, we, we've been doing everything um, as prescribed, maintaining two meters of distance at a minimum. And, and then, yeah, as you said, we see others not respecting that, um, fully utilizing their seats, not not respecting social distancing, and as a result, um, this this terrible virus is starting to spread again. You know, we've uh, talked to several infectious disease experts over the last uh, couple of weeks, in particular, as the uh, numbers have uh, spiked uh, both here in Ontario and Quebec, and many believe the uh, main cause isn't exactly uh, restaurants and uh, bars, but it's private gatherings, gatherings in uh, homes. So don't restaurants like yours have better controls in place than the average homeowner? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, that, that's, that's such a strong point. Yes, we do. I would, I would tell you that, um, you know, we, we insist on everyone wearing a mask that's employed by us. 
Uh, we ask that the guests all wear a mask. We don't allow them to enter the building unless they have a mask. They can only remove the mask when they're at their table. Um, we've respected the, the criteria put out by the government, and, and um, we sanitize every table after every guest. Um, we've gone to digital menus, um, you know, just everything we can to ensure safety. And, and then, to your point, um, you know, private gatherings um, without, without uh, any type of safety protocols, uh, large group gatherings, um, it, it just destroys the credibility that the rest of us have worked so hard to gain. Yeah, I'm not sure all of those things that you just mentioned are going on at my buddy Frank's place. You know, so, no, uh, we see <laughs> evidence of it. Um, you know, I personally, I, I saw on the weekend, uh, you know, large gatherings in, in a park in Burlington, and I, I called the uh, 311 number to report it, and uh, the response I got was, what would you have us do? Um you know, it might be a start to break up the group of 800 people that we're celebrating. Yeah. Restaurant hours, uh, as you well know, have been uh, reduced in Toronto. You can serve alcohol till 11. The restaurant has to be closed at midnight. Is uh, Sir Corp, are you preparing for maybe a similar lockdown of uh, restaurants and bars as we've seen uh, is going to happen in Quebec as of Thursday? Um, yeah, we're certainly ready. Should that happen? We're, we're really hoping it doesn't. Um, you know, Premier Ford has been um, pretty pretty vocal in saying, um, you know, it's not restaurants and bars that are following protocols that are causing this, and and uh, for that certainly we we thank and respect him. Um, we, we have to be ready. Certainly, we're looking back at you know enhanced takeout delivery uh, offerings, but um, you know I'm just hoping that with the with the restrictions and and with the proper policing we can avoid having a, a shutdown well if we do end up with a rollback and we go back to a stage two if there's another mandatory closing just uh, can you put into perspective for us paul how devastating this could be for the restaurant the hospitality industry which is obviously already taken some pretty big body blows yeah i, I think i think you will then see many not making it through um you know, I'm on uh, a, a lobby group with uh, a number of my major competitors, uh, kind of a coalition sponsored by the Canadian Chamber of Commerce. Um, but but it's no secret, you know, we're a low single digit um, business at the best of times. Uh, our returns are low. So when you take into account um, wages and thank, thankfully the federal government's extended the wage subsidy, Rent is a massive issue that that has not been dealt with appropriately for for anybody but small independents. Uh, insurance, our insurance companies are ignoring any claims and now are coming back with uh, premiums that are two and three times what they have been. So I would tell you this will be devastating. If there's another shutdown, I'm sure a large number of restaurateurs will not make it. Well, as you well know, and we've seen uh, several kind of almost iconic restaurants, I would say, in the Toronto area forced to close down, uh, close for good. And uh, I'm wondering if this has hit kind of the individual restaurateur or propi- proprietor, sorry, a little more hardly than a little more hard than say something like Surcorp. Uh, how much are you feeling it as a bigger company with several brands under your umbrella? Yeah, I would tell you. So whatever they felt, I feel times fifty-eight. So. Um, you know, in some cases, the the smaller um, independent 
uh, qualified for rent relief, which we did not because of our size. Um, so I, you know, I think there's no differentiation between small independent or large independent. Um, you know, we're we're not a franchised organization. We we own and operate 58 properties, and as I said, I, my problem is just 58 times whatever theirs is. Um, so I, I don't see anyone more or less insulated. All right, Paul, really appreciate the time with us this afternoon. Thank you so much for uh, lending your voice, and uh, we'll watch this, uh, obviously, with interest. Thanks, Jeff. Stay safe. You as well. Paul Bogner is the president and COO of Sir Corp, the parent company of restaurants such as Jack Astor's and Canyon Creek. Okay, slump? What slump? Turns out Toronto's housing market, hotter than ever. And here with the details is our buddy Frank Leo from Remax Realty. He joins us now on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Frank, how are you, sir? Great, Jeff. Yourself, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, and, well, maybe not quite as well as the housing market, but let's go over the data and the uh, raw numbers here. Toronto sold more new homes this past month than the previous 20 August, Frank? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's great news, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, how surprised are you uh, considering the pandemic? Well, you know what? It's 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 great, but it, it is a big, big um, factor that we have to um, take into consideration that it happens to be the pandemic. I mean, this year we were shut down. We were in self-isolation in the spring market. So in April and May, you know, we're just coming out of it in June. So what happened this year was the spring market was delayed. And we had a roaring market up until March when we had the shutdown. So it was basically our spring market. And that's the big difference because in the previous August of, of years past where we would be on holidays and we had a traditional spring market, it would be a slower month. So that's why we're so much higher this year. Okay, so there's a lot of pent-up demand. Uh, the dam just kind of burst, uh, you think, the last few months, July and August? We're catching up. I mean, and so the news is really great that August was good because, of course, you know, during the, the, the isolation, uh, the pandemic there, people were concerned about what's going to happen. So it did spring back. But the reality is if we take the numbers from this year, end of August, compared to last year, end of August, we're actually down by about 3,000 properties sold. Overall, okay. But again, uh, this past August, uh, the best August in two decades. Yeah. Our April and May was terrible. All right, and also uh, housing uh, prices, uh, they're through the roof, too. We had a bounce back, but, you know, a lot's changed this year, and it's been a very interesting year where the home has become more than just your home. It's your daycare, it's your office, it's everything. So people are putting more importance to their home, and if they're going to spend some money, they can't go on holidays, they, you know, so they're going to invest it in their home where they have to be more often and make it a more comfortable home, so that's become a higher priority, and uh, there's the demand. Yeah, I think the average uh, price I was reading is now a million and a half, and again, uh, a fabulous uh, August. So uh, all this talk, Frank, of people uh, leaving the city, leaving Toronto uh, to go out to the uh, suburbs and uh, get away from uh, the metropolis, I mean, is that a fallacy? I mean, are these numbers kind of flying in the face of that, do you think? Well, you know, I hate to be, I mean, I hate to just put some clarity on this. And You know, people are moving out of the city, that's for sure. But the average price, let me explain it to you in a way that maybe makes sense. If only two properties sold last month, one was a million dollars and one was 500000 the average price would be 750000 That doesn't mean that the million-dollar home should sell for seven fifty, nor does it mean that the $500,000 home should sell 
for 750. They each sell for a million and 500,000 respectively. The reason I mention this to you is because the homes have become so important. We have had something happen this August that hasn't happened in the previous August, and that is homes over two million. We had 459 homes sell over two million dollars, whereas last year, 129 homes only sold over two million in August. So, of course, the average price would be higher because more expensive homes have sold. It's not necessarily that more homes have sold for more money. Got you. So, yeah, absolutely. So, do you think then that, uh, again, the death of Toronto, all that talk has been premature? Oh, Toronto is a wonderful city. It's not going anywhere. It's a great place, but people's needs have changed and shifted, and their housing needs have also made, you know, different, uh, you know, directions because, you know, even builders now are looking at homes with more rooms instead of that open concept because we need to have our own space. Yeah, I never thought about that, but yeah, open concept has been all the rage, as you well know, for uh, years now. But uh, yeah, maybe we all need a little uh, privacy if we're spending more time in our homes. Uh, Frank, do you expect this to uh, continue, particularly if there's a a prolonged uh, second wave? Well, your home is is your castle. You need a home. You need to live somewhere, and and you need to be more comfortable. I mean, some of the homes that uh, were less comfortable where people would just kind of, you know, park their their heads and go to bed and just leave it and just, you know, sleep there. I mean, these condos that are smaller, you know, when you're working outside the home and you're not spending much time at home, it's fine. But when it's not the case where you have to spend and work there and live there and not get out, then people are making moves that are going to be good for their families. I'll give you another uh, important information. This year, the pool companies were so overwhelmed because – There was a lot of pools being installed. People had that investment because it made sense for them. Absolutely, yes. Uh, We've heard uh, reports of that, that they're booked uh, well into uh, 2021. Uh, Try to get a pool even uh, installed uh, next summer. (laughs) Exactly. Well, homes are now uh, everything to us, you know, so we have to be there for work, for play, for our children, and it's our investment as well for long term. So, you know, that's why... Um, you know, the, the incredible interest at homes and the movement from one home to another for most families are really considering what's important to them now. Yeah, just finally, Frank, uh, one last question. Uh, wondering, uh, how has the business changed in the last five or six months? Rather than open houses, is it virtual open houses? Uh, is it tougher? Are there more hoops uh, to jump through to, to sell a home? And uh, is that, when we look at this data of August, uh, the best August in the last uh, two decades, uh, again, do you just kind of shake your head that we've had so many home sales if it's uh, maybe a little tougher logistically to sell a house? Well, more technology for sure. That's, that's come into play. I think things have gotten better, but we're able to access more information online, and that's given to the buyers and to the sellers ahead of time. But, um, you know, the August as well, we've had a, a great uh, low uh, low COVID cases. There's been more comfort. It's opened up. People have had a chance to go out and see these homes, of course, with necessary precautions, distancing and disinfecting, et cetera. So it's been a great situation to get to an almost normal, allowing more homes to be purchased. Because although seeing a home online is fine, most people want to see in person the home before they buy it. Without a doubt. Frank, really appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. You have a wonderful day. You as well. There goes Frank Leo from Remax Realty on the Toronto housing market. Who knew? Hotter than ever. August, the best August for Toronto uh, new home sales in the last 20. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Jeff MacArthur Podcast. A reminder that you can listen live weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. at 640toronto.com. 
Find us on Spotify by searching my name, Jeff MacArthur, or download us wherever you get your favorite podcasts.